Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to season three of the Average 280 podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Lowe, and today is another solo episode of the pod. So what I'd like to talk about today is essentially my route to elite sport and building Chris Lowe nutrition. Reason being is because when I've been going on guest podcasts and um, generally speaking, their, their first question to me is, so Chris, can you introduce yourself? Can you give yourself a little bit of background, how you're now working in elite sport, all this kind of stuff? And, um, you know, I generally go through the answer very, very quickly, you know, taking like 90 seconds, kind of just spill through it, then we just get into the main um, topic of that podcast. But from this, I've been kind of reflecting on it a little bit, and uh, I think there's some like good messages and kind of learning opportunities to share with you. Um, so I thought I'd just uh, expand this a little bit more today. So I'm not entirely sure who is going to actually find this one valuable uh, today. Um, hopefully, um, if there's any kind of undergraduates listening to this, looking to get into elite sport or nutritionists looking to break out to elite sport or someone trying to build their own coaching program, uh, whether that be in person, online, um, or whether you just want to know a little bit more about myself. Um, so basically, just want to go through it all. And um, yeah, hopefully there's some uh, key points you can take away from this. Um, otherwise, I probably will have uh, wasted about half an hour of your time. Um, so if we kind of um, wind back the clocks all the way to perhaps around sort of 14 years old. Um, like I was very much a sort of very skinny kid, always wanted to build muscle and very much just look more athletic, look strong, look powerful and perform like the, the pros you see on TV. Like they're absolutely uh, super, super cool to me, really big kind of role models. I wanted to kind of um, look and perform like them essentially. So like every kind of 14-year-old would probably go grab a magazine, go on the internet, search for programs, diet plans, all this kind of stuff. And essentially, during this kind of period, um, just very misguided uh, with regards to my approach, the strategies, the habits I needed to build, and ended up just losing and just wasting a lot of time, effort, energy, and whatever kind of money I had out of, as a 14-year-old kid. Um, so essentially, this went on for like, you know, quite a long time and almost this kind of period where I could have been getting these really really sort of um large newbie gains like I just kind of wasn't and you know obviously that just uh, results in a lot of frustration and uh, ultimately um just you know just not getting to where you want to be so I always had this kind of uh, kind of extra thirst for like knowledge just understanding how things work and very kind of I guess, mechanistically kind of wired, like if you have this, then that happens, then that happens, then this happens, and this is the outcome. It's like, okay, A equals B equals C equals D and so on. So I always kind of work like that. So I always had quite a good um, science mind, should we say, um, although that probably didn't reflect overly well in my grades in school. Um, but I really like love the kind of the science behind it all. So essentially I had this, uh, this void. I wanted to build muscle, get stronger, look like an athlete. And uh, I wanted to know how to do it because I love the uh, kind of the rationale behind it all. So that kind of led me to go to university. Um, so I did my undergraduate uh, down in Cardiff. Uh, and at the time, it was called Cardiff Met and basically did sports biomedicine and nutrition. At the time, I had absolutely no idea that I wanted to do nutrition. Uh, I actually wanted to do sports and exercise science. 
Um, but for some reason uh, at that time, I'm not too sure if it's still the case, but um, to do sport exercise science, you also not only had to have the grades, which I had, but you had to do a county level sport, which, uh, you know, I was a mountain biker and I like going to the gym and, you know, ultimately um, they didn't have a county level kind of standard of going to the gym. So basically, uh, like many others on my course, we ended up getting kind of pied off to this kind of secondary course, which was sports biomedicine and nutrition, which is basically a uh, biomedical science uh, degree with a bit of nutrition bolted onto it and perhaps a little bit of biomechanics and a little bit of psychology. Um, so it's very much like a jack of all trades kind of course, but in hindsight, it's probably the best thing uh, that could have could have happened to me really because from this kind of um, course, I really sort of learned about sort of biochemistry, how the body works and physiology in a quite a large amount of detail and then how the nutrition interacts with that. And then that just kind of took um, my desire to learn about this to, uh, you know, another level. And it's very much a case of like, right, this course is very much jack of all trades. I get kind of an insight of all areas of like, uh, I guess, performance enhancements, like the psychology, the biomechanics, the nutrition, uh, the biochemistry, all this kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, nutrition really just uh, kind of stood out for me the most. And if I did sport and exercise science, I probably wouldn't have had that same exposure or saw nutrition in that same lens or in a different lens. Um, so, yeah, you know, it is very much a blessing in disguise that uh, I didn't have a county level sport and I ended up doing this course. So, this was an absolute cool sort of three years down in Cardiff. And um, during that time, I got into lifting even more seriously because before then, I was just working out uh, at home. We all had those uh, kind of um, cast iron spin lock uh, dumbbells from Argos. Um, funny enough, I used them uh, to quite a good extent uh, in lockdown. Um, so, you know, a good investment there. So, um, you know, first kind of actual exposure to a proper gym environment going down to Cardiff and that's again where my lifting and gym work got uh, even more seriously and you know uh, within that gym itself how like you know role models people you look up to and you know obviously as a role model they will have the ability to influence your behaviors like I did this maybe you should do it too and uh, you know that's where the, the, the dirty bulk started um, and I'm pretty sure you would have seen uh, the, the transformation pictures um, to like enter transformation one um, of my uh, transformation kind of career. And so going from like a really kind of skinny kid, no gains, um, kind of bulked up like 92, 93 kilos, like putting on a lot of body fat, really force feeding it. Like by all means got, got really strong, uh, but it's a lot of body fat gains sort of uh, accrued with that. So I remember like uh, after like one of my gym sessions, it was, you know, absolute standard um, between my the place I was uh, living at, my accommodation and the gym was a co-op. And I always used to sort of dive into there, grab a pint of whole milk, um, get some Nesquik, get some pancakes or serene malt loaf, like the whole block I used to get, I think it's like 190 grams or something. Uh, I used to kind of munch through that. And then um, that progressed onto, all right, I need even more calories. So then we used to do is put olive oil in the milkshake, whisk it really quickly so the oil doesn't sit on top and then just neck it. Um, you know, just so misguided is looking back now is um, pr pretty hilarious. Um, but at the time it's like, right, this is, this is what I need to be doing. This, this is what works best. Uh, and again, this is me going through like quite a heavy academic based kind of course. I was like, yeah, th this is, this is good. This makes sense. You know, calories, it, it's good. 
not having such a huge blind spot that you know i just gaining a lot of body fat and uh you know just chasing the scale weight all the time uh, and just having kind of unrealistic uh, expectations of how quickly i could build muscle um, in that space and um so yeah but basically i did that for quite a long time uh basically for those kind of three years and at the end of that sort of course in cardiff it's a case of right i've kind of got like this awareness of quite a few uh areas of kind of physiology and anatomy and stuff it's like right i'm going to do um going to do nutrition sports nutrition in uh more detail uh so then ended up um you know sort of going up to Leeds to do a uh, sport and exercise nutrition then but in that kind of interim period had a year out uh basically just to um just to kind of save some cash more than anything uh but during that time kind of did a personal training course um, just to sort of give myself an extra kind of qualification because it would become relevant um, and important and crucial kind of later on. Um, so yeah, I ended up doing that. Um, and then during that kind of uh, PT course, there's a lot of practicals involved with it um, and having the kind of realization that, yeah, probably the bulk has gone a little bit too far. I remember like one of the practical sessions we had um, there's a few of us there on the on the big dirty bulk, um, you know, the, the wide boys, and uh, we're doing a plank, and like we couldn't fucking hold it for like over thirty seconds. It's really bad. Like we're really we're quite strong in the gym, but just couldn't hold a plank. And a PT instructor at the time, or I think it's like a guest instructor taking it. I uh, can't quite remember. It's quite a while ago, um, but I remember them saying something like, "If you can't hold a plank for more than sixty seconds, you're too fat," or something along those lines. Or that's the way I remember it anyway um i kind of perhaps it filled in the filled in the blanks there a little bit and i was like ah oh, have i put on too much body fat here and just like you know you've got such big blind spots and like oh i'm, I'm stronger go to the gym i eat healthier with my olive oil <laughs> you know um but it's like yeah like then having the realization of like yeah fuck i've i've actually gone a little bit too far here um so then entered the um the first kind of transformation fat loss phase so we kind of bulked up dirty and I was like, and uh, did everything completely wrong apart from the progressive overload in the gym, which was actually correct and the high protein diet. Um, but now it's a case of like, right, let's, let's shred. And again, I've done like my personal training course. I've done, um, you know, um, an undergraduate degree in uh, sports, biomedicine and nutrition. I should be academically quite good and pretty switched on. Um, but the fat loss diet was complete. Um, yeah, it was very successful, but the, the approach was absolutely horrific. Um, so many things done wrong. And again, going back to those old habits, looking at role models on uh, the internet, and then them allowing uh, to influence my sort of uh, daily actions, behaviors, and habits. So What's cool is like I went from like 93 kilos down to about 72, 73 kilos. And um, so a solid like 20 kilos of body fat loss. And um, I didn't count a single calorie. So obviously, you know, calories do matter incredible. But, you know, it just kind of goes to show there my first transformation. I didn't actually count a single calorie. I just tidied up my diet. I know just pulled out. No, it's funny enough, if you have an olive oil milkshakes and you remove them, you know, you uh, you remove a lot of calories from your diet and you end up uh, slowly dropping body fat. So basically just focus on focus on food quality. And that, that's the only thing I did um, to start with. And that was just the first layer. And that was enough to lose like eight to 10 kilos of body fat, combining that with consistent training and some kind of steps outside. Um, so, you know, I didn't have to overcomplicate it in the slightest. But then as 
progress started to slow down it's like okay let's have more mindfulness of calorie intake and you just kind of further cutting uh your kind of my food and basically i just remember having meat and veg pretty much every single meal um but then you know had a read, read this article um and made me aware of these things called refeeds or cheat days so every week i have me and my pal who's doing it at the same time we'd go like i lived on the coast of wales at the time remember it was summer and every saturday we used to go into town um and basically just go and buy loads of food cookies stuff like that and just eat them on the seafront um it was absolutely ridiculous and again thinking that this is the right thing to do it's like oh we're stimulating metabolism here this is this is like science you know like this is really important we need to be doing this so it's like okay let's have like literally like probably like 1400 calories throughout the course of the week just eating meat and veg uh feel absolutely terrible and then let's have this uh, metabolism boosting cheat day on the weekend and then what we did after then which was absolutely world-class bullshit is fast for 24 hours um reason being is because what we thought at the time is that um, having this kind of kind of temporary elevation in, in metabolism, then followed by a massive drop in calories the next day, there's going to be such a huge mismatch in intake and expenditure that we're going to get rapid fat loss. Um, and then this would just kind of repeat. And, you know, we got very, very lean, but, you know, I wasn't aware that total weekly calorie intake is important. And even I had these massive cheat days at the end of the week, I still on a net kind of calorie deficit and still lost body fat. And again, th this is just absolutely ridiculous things that we kind of did uh, th throughout this time. But, you know, it was highly successful, dropped a lot of body fat, got, got very lean, and it was a pretty cool transformation. But the actual process was awful. So, again, just going back into... You know, me really valuing education and the rationale behind it, but I was learning it from the wrong people, um, which is, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Um, and then sort of a year later, then going into moving up to Leeds um, from the sunny West Coast town of Aberystwyth um, to do my master's in sport and exercise nutrition. Um, so this was very much just being more specific um, with regards to where I want to go moving forward and again one of my major goals when i was just a 14 year old kid was to look like an athlete and now i have this greater awareness of nutrition and how that impacts progression it's like right this is the next logical best step and is um that, that was just over the course of the year uh during that time i did um internship with british weightlifting because that was the home of british weightlifting at the time uh leads back at kind of campus um but it was really just a case of me getting a foot in the door and doing kind of collection, so data collection and analysis. It wasn't um, nutrition or anything like that. Realistically, I didn't have a clue how to do anything with nutrition, evidently by my own experiences. Um, so it's really a case of just foot in the door and just kind of learning, um, how, you know, just how kind of the operations side of things work. And the big thing for my master's just taken away from it was just being able to critically evaluate uh, the research and what I'm reading, like essentially is just upgrading my bullshit detector, being able to read what's right, what's wrong, um, building strong conclusions from this, removing biases, and therefore being able to translate that into practice. That's what that that's what my master's really, really taught me. And that's what I took away from it. Like, because my undergrad was very, you know, um, kind of physiological and biochemistry kind of based, um, you know, I had that is actually, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty tough for doing like pharmacokinetics and all that kind of stuff in it. So actually doing my, uh, my master's was actually 
pretty straightforward. It's just a case of now me just actually being able to read research properly, which was uh, absolutely huge, uh, hence dedication to Education Wednesday. Um, so from the from that then is a case of, right, now finished master's, absolutely great. Um, pretty, again, academically good. Um, now I actually have some idea of how to start uh, applying this into my own practice and perhaps uh, other people who may want to work with me one day. Uh, but again, real realistically, I had absolutely zero experience and I had no idea what I was doing. Um, so straight after that, um, I thought I was very naive, like finishing uni. Uh, I was like, right, I'm just going to walk out and it's going to be loads of jobs. You know, I've got my two on in uni. Um, you know, I've done two, two degrees, two qualifications, done my PT. Um, I'm not a total asshole. I, I should walk into a job here. And uh, basically, <laughs> there is no jobs. If you look at sort of like elite sport, professional sport, there's literally no jobs. And if they, if some things do crop up, they are unbelievably competitive. Um, and you probably need to have about five or seven years actual experience uh, just to have your CV kind of looked at. So essentially, I was qualified, no job, no experience. Um, needed the money, I worked at a bar for one night, um, which was probably like the most stressful thing I've done to date. Um, I remember it was like first year, sorry, first day of freshers uh, in Leeds. Leeds has uh, three universities and they all went there and had an offer. It's something ridiculous, like one or two pound for a double vodka and mixer or something like that. And, um, you know, to have like sort of, People come to the bar, students, like, give me, like, a 20-quid note, like, we want 20 doubles. And I was like, fucking hell. I was like, you know, no experience working in the bar, and it's absolutely terrible. And I remember, like, towards the end of the night, like, I was just giving people um, just Diet Cokes. They'd come to the bar, like, 3 a.m. It's like, oh, I want another double. It's like, okay. I'm just giving, like, a Diet Coke, you know, because I'm uh, <laughs> the, the, the sensible one, the, the altruistic one, trying to just save people from the hole they're getting into. Um so, um, yeah, that was a terrible experience. But essentially, after that, um, literally the next day, um, you know, I had an opportunity to work in a gym doing personal training. Um, but before we kind of get into that, but just like one big, huge overriding reflection of uh, my master's and my undergraduate is ac being academically good is good but you need experience like you are after jack shit in the industry if you do not have experience so i should have been interning a lot more like yesterday interning with british Railifting, but that was data collection that was me looking at bar paths and <laughs> all that kind of stuff um how high can an athlete jump you know it's like it's not nutrition like i really need to be in the trenches getting experience with literally anybody so therefore i can actually demonstrate that i can apply um the research I've or the, the learnings I've uh, taken from my actual qualification because when we look at sort of potential employers in elite sport realistically they don't really care like academically what what qualifications you have it's more a case of can you get results uh, and can you work in a team environment like results are ultimately the most important thing that is the bottom line like can you produce results and uh, if you've got no experience probably you can't so that's the main thing. Like if you're going through your undergrad or something now, just do something, gain some experience somewhere in some way, shape or form. Even if it is just with your, your local football team, your local rugby team, um, just do something to get, to get your foot in the door just so you can write it down. 
on a piece of paper and therefore start building these kind of people kind of soft skills uh, and in terms of just the application side of things. So um, yeah, I was very fortunate then um, kind of just a few weeks after I finished my master's, I went into full-time personal training. It was, it was absolutely great because the, the gym itself gave me about 30 hours worth of personal training clients um so it was, it was absolutely great and even though that wasn't a specific path i wanted to take it was an incredible opportunity for me to build these kind of soft skills and interact with clients you know if i was doing 30 hours of one-to-one pt per week you know there's a huge amount of touch points with clients uh being able to communicate with them through different you know backgrounds uh different goals and all this kind of stuff so you know even though they weren't athletes who i wanted to work with no, the experience gained from that is invaluable. It, it was absolutely huge. Um, and then basically during the, the downtime is I was just building crystal nutrition, uh, building this consultancy. Um, again, just having this realization of, I want to be a sports nutritionist. I want to help athletes. There's no jobs out there. So I kind of just have to give myself my own job, but it was great having the, the full-time personal training uh, as kind of security in terms of financially that gave me a platform to, um, build this. And in my kind of downtime, it's a case of I was time rich and money poor. So it's a case of, you know, I've got nothing else to do. So let, let's just crack on with this and let's just see where it takes me, you know? Um, and then throughout that period as well, kind of still kept in touch with British weightlifting. And it's kind of surround, around that time of the London 2012 Olympics where a little bit more money was pumped into it. And I ended up doing a little bit of work with the, uh, you know, the British weightlifting uh, England development squads um, in like their camps and stuff like that, which was, which was pretty cool. And again, like just for me to really just gain, gain experience in like a elite sporting environment um, in terms of my, my uh, application, my knowledge, my um, just ability to coach uh, again, absolutely terrible. And again, you go on back like 10 years ago, straight out of university, you know, expect to be a great coach. And in terms of reflecting now where I am kind of 10 years later, uh, yeah, um, um, things definitely could have been done better there for sure. And during that time as well, I guess, just building, you know, Crystal Nutrition, my online coaching consultancy is a lot of like imposter syndrome coming in there as well. It's like, right, I'm actually good enough to do this. Are people going to get value from me? Are people going to give me essentially money so I could pay my rent and get some food and all this kind of stuff? It's like, right, what happens if I fail and all this kind of stuff? But essentially just um you kind of slowly get over this by just building a little bit of momentum just getting started i know for me it was um actually just starting social media it's like right if i write a post is anybody going to call me out um is anybody going to say like i'm rubbish it's terrible content like is that going to put me down you know what happens, if, what happens if i fail what happens if i have to move back home to have with like all this kind of stuff so you know there's a large element of that there but ultimately like for me, it was just about just getting started, doing small steps every single day and just being very, very consistent with that, just keeping on just, just showing up. Um, and slowly that that just kind of diminished for sure. And I know a lot of coaches out there will have a lot of imposter syndromes surrounding whether it's building a business, you know, stick the neck out there. You know, it's like you're almost worrying what, other, I, from my perspective anyway, is, is the case of I was just worrying what other coaches and what other academics are going to say about my work whereas a case of that is completely a bullshit way of thinking because 
you know, I'm not trying to work with them. I'm trying to work with athletes or as long as I'm giving value to athletes, that is the most important thing. And realistically, all I needed to do is know more than the athletes I'm trying to help and communicate with them effectively. Um, and just kind of reframing it like that, like who am I actually helping here? You know, that also helped in terms of just removing uh, a little bit of imposter syndrome and, um, you know, just like that fear of failure and, and stuff like that. And then ultimately, more you do it, more you momentum you build and, you know, um, it just becomes a new normal then and, you know, th things uh, start taking over pretty, pretty well. Uh, but ultimately, if you feel like, you know, you're still like stuck, stuck in a rut, you just can't get out of it and you're just scared of like failing, you know, just get started. You know, what, what's the worst thing that happen? If you if you start and fail, you're back in the same position you were before. Um, so you, you might as well. And I remember um, reading, a, I think it's like a, a newsletter from Craig Ballantyne, who's like a fitness coach um, or should I say a business coach to fitness professionals. Um, and he basically said, like, if you have a lot of like knowledge or value to share and you don't share it because you're scared, you're actually letting a lot of people down because there's a lot of people out there that actually need this help uh, and really need this kind of information off you. And you're just being really selfish for not sharing it. So, you know, like stop being an asshole, just, just share it. Um, that kind of resonate with me as well. So, um, so yeah, ultimately it took a little bit of time for it to get off the ground. Um, but, you know, once we kind of got the ball rolling, it was pretty sweet after that. Um, and then over time, then like as my personal training hours started around 30, they kind of kept, they kind of slowly came down as my nutrition coaching hours built up. And at the time I had an office where I was doing one-to-one -one consultations and all that kind of stuff, which was cool. Um, and so that, that would kind of just naturally kind of, um, yeah, kind of just, I guess, kind of dwindled out into kind of like 30 hours a week, then down to 20, 10, 5. And then it's very much a case of like, I was sufficient um, enough to uh, just do my nutrition work, which is pretty cool. But at that time, it's like, right, I need to have money through the door to again, like pay the bills and all this kind of stuff. So I was just working with anybody and absolutely everyone. Um, because if I just said like, right, I'm just going to work with athletes, um, I would have absolutely zero money through the door. So I was working with such a wide variety of population. Literally, if you need a nutrition sport, uh, I would help you because again, I needed money to pay the bills. So again, but that, that was absolutely amazing because it just gave me such a wealth of uh, experience, just like different goals, different backgrounds, different personalities. Like how can I communicate with these people effectively to get better results? And, you know, like you just learn so much through that. So sometimes like if you're trying to start out and you're just going to be really stubborn and say like, I'm just going to work with this per this um, population, this demographic, uh, you might be a little bit stuck in the rut for a little bit of time just in terms of generating uh, momentum within your business. And then over time, then that kind of, you know, um, became very more specific to just, uh, just gym goers. And then it was recreational athletes. And now it's you know, subly to elite athletes. So, you know, you just kind of work your way uh, up to the top for sure. But when, you know, I uh, kind of took crystal nutrition full-time, I had absolutely terrible systems. They were so shit. The client journey and experience was pretty terrible. Um, I was like, right, this, this is just really bad. Like I'm overworked, stressed, overwhelmed. And realistically, if I look back now, I wasn't really actually doing that much, but it's just because my systems were not efficient and, um yeah overall quality of life was just 
pretty terrible. It's just getting burnt out for no reason at all. So then work with uh, Phil Graham for it was like three or four years uh, in his authority network. I know it's kind of there in the first kind of cohort. Um, now he's brought this into a massive kind of um, um, kind of business mentoring program, which is incredible to see. But um, but yeah, work, work with Phil uh, for a very very long time, and um, you know it the the sort of guidance and support he gave me in terms of just building uh, an online uh, coaching consultancy was absolutely world class, insane. And you know now it's just a case of I can do more than one thing uh, and still stay on top of absolutely everything. So, you know, sometimes like if you're unsure what to do and you need the answer, you, ha you have to pay, like you have to pay to play. Um, you know, you know, Phil, Phil obviously wasn't cheap because he's incredible at what he does. And, you know, it's like a lot of money going out every month. It's like, right, you have to invest in yourself to be able to build something a lot bigger to serve more people. And, you know, I think, Back then, it's like I had a, a quite a scarcity kind of mindset. It's like, oh, I don't want to spend money because, you know, if I'm spending X amount, then, you know, I have to get X amount of clients to kind of cover that and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you just have, you have to see everything as as an investment. As long as you've got a good ROI, then, um, you know, you, you could be moving forward 100%. And if I wasn't on Phil's program for that time, then I would still be in, I definitely won't be where I am right now and talking to you guys and all this kind of stuff. So, um business systems is absolutely crucial if you look at any successful business they're going to have such a detailed operation operating kind of systems right um so that's something i needed um yeah for, for my business as well and also just with that like better business model uh getting really clear on my avatar so my avatar my demographic was obviously i just wanted to work with sub elite and elite athletes in terms of where i am now and it's like, right, how do I attract them? What kind of message do I need to use? What kind of language? How do I communicate with them? And all this kind of stuff. And because of that, I was getting more better clients onto my program. And that's why I don't say client, better clients, but more um, specific clients to my demographic uh, or my target demographic. I was getting better results. And ultimately, I was just far clearer in the clarity of um, the outcome we're trying to achieve. And based on like all the kind of, my learnings and stuff um, to that kind of point, you know, obviously like the, the, the bottom line is get the, get the kind of the result they want, whether it's improved performance, whether it is um, dropping body fat, whether it is building muscle, like all you guys listening to this will most likely be athletes uh, or work in sport in some way, shape or form. So, you know, the results uh, that, that we typically look out for. Um, but for me, it's just making sure that everyone that came, comes onto the program, they are, they leave very autonomous. So uh, my role as a coach is to make sure I get every athlete to work with to a position where they no longer need me anymore. So I need to be able to remove myself from the coaching equation and then they still get incredible results by coaching themselves. So a role of, of a good coach, in my opinion, is to make themselves redundant. So that's the outcome for me. Um, so yes, they get the results, but it is um, make sure they're self-sufficient. So, you know, how are they going to do that? And ultimately it does come down to the education side of things. So every athlete has been on my program. They've 
probably would say like, yeah, I know a lot now about nutrition um, because the education is such a large driving force with everything. Um, And I've built like the the business model to be able to provide that next level of education and the support, the accountability and the contact time and all that kind of stuff to ensure they no longer need me after like a six month period. So that's, um, yeah, just having a lot of clarity and that's come back down to just having a business mentor and really getting clear of what the target audience is and what that sort of outcome is that they want and perhaps a little bit selfishly, what do you want as well? And again, it just comes back to my own values and the sort of deficits I had growing up and, you know, the kind of experience associated with that in terms of wasting time, energy, money, all that kind of stuff. I just, I know the pain and the frustration of that. So I just make sure that every client I work with, they do not feel uh, the same way because, you know, it's just pretty shit, you know? So then if we move into the uh, elite sports kind of roles, um, the, the most difficult thing i believe is actually just getting your foot in the door and actually just you know um get, getting started really so as i kind of mentioned like your network is incredibly important with regards to this um and if i look at every single role i've had um it is well none of it's been advertised at all it's all been the case of who I know and uh, referrals off the back of it. And obviously doing a very good job, but largely it's all kept uh, behind closed doors, you know. So my uh, first role was with Hull KR, so Hull Kingston Rovers, a Super League Rugby League club uh, down the M62 in Hull. Um, so I did this role for four years and uh, is by far the biggest learning curve I've had in my coaching career uh, to date. And so the way I kind of got into this was um, the gym that I trained at, um, Edge Gyms in Leeds, uh, Tom Clough, the head of athletic performance, was also uh, in that gym from time to time. So I remember just grabbing him and asking for a quick sit down, quick meet, just to explore different ways I can get into uh, elite sports. And I uh, basically, well, I imagine you would have seen some of the work I've done, the results of all the content I've produced. Um, and then Basically, from that, he just invited me over to our hull um, to do a little bit of one-to-one work with some of the boys down there. Uh, but it's nothing very structured. It's kind of a bit of an ad hoc kind of basis. Uh, and then that then developed and grew into more of a structured role uh, for the kind of following four years. And like I mentioned, it's just such a huge learning curve for me. Like, I owe a huge amount of uh, gratitude to both Tom Clough and Shane Carney there, um, just in terms of upskilling my communication skills my coaching skills and how to be a practitioner in elite sport and i know is is an invaluable kind of four years they it, it was absolutely huge and uh, i had a, an interesting kind of side role when i was in hull um to work with the community as well um so it's kind of a case of right i'll do my kind of athlete kind of specific work with the players kind of like your eight till four kind of time then between five and eight nine o'clock at night i'll do um work i'll work with the community so uh that was uh, that was really really good and interesting role as well um so if we look at the east east um of hull uh pretty kind of poor and deprived area and uh you know looking after themselves from a nutrition and lifestyles perspective isn't always on the on the high kind of priority list. So working with them, just being able to sort of break down barriers, overcome challenges and stuff there was absolutely huge and very, very rewarding as well. And, you know, it just really allowed me to upskill my kind of communication and, you know, just coaching ability during that period. 
you know, with the elite athletes, like no kind of far from it. But the what I learned from there in terms of my soft skills was um is absolutely huge. And I feel like this has given me a lot of empathy with my own coaching kind of practice now and um how I then just uh work with people. So that kind of four years of Hulk KL was absolutely huge for me. It is is really, really good. Um and then during that time, um, Wasps Academy were looking for a nutritionist uh, to support their players down there. And um, down at the time, uh, or down as the head SNC at the time, uh, was Josh Dowell Jones. Uh, he spoke with the boys at uh, Hulk KR and like, right, what's uh, what's Lozy like? Is he uh, is he any good? So then I went down there to work with uh, them, and that kind of grew into a nice uh, kind of consultancy role for quite a few years, uh, which was great. And then uh, within that kind of period, the first team nutritionist uh, at Wasps left and I moved into that role and took care of the first team and academy nutrition, uh, which was uh, absolutely incredible. Like uh, from this kind of year now, I've moved away from the academy um, and I'm just looking after the first team, just purely down to time commitments and how much kind of resources I can allocate to to this role so um now i'm just with the first team there being a so it'd be like my fourth season next season with them um and every time i go in there now i'm i'm learning something new uh the performance team they are absolutely incredible in terms of the way they they coach the way they think the questions they ask um so you know um every day like every day i'll go down there which is only once a week but i'm just learning and upskilling um to a large extent there um, so, so that's absolutely cool. And then in terms of over the last year, um, work with Reading Football. Um, basically, this came off a conversation I had over Zoom with Matt Jones in lockdown. I uh, mentioned to him, like he's um, sort of head nutritionist at uh, West Ham. And uh, he's obviously very well connected. And um, yeah, he's just aware of this role with Reading and he made me aware of it. And then um, it kind of just went from there. So basically all the roles I've had has just been through contact network and obviously when i've been in those op- opportunities just doing a really good job i make sure i'm you know getting results uh with those players at the end of the day because that, that is the bottom line like can you get results like mentioned so kind of the biggest kind of lesson there is really like your network is your net worth like all these jobs in pro sports like they are they um they perhaps just all behind closed doors and you know more times than not, they are, they aren't advertised. Um, so if you jump on like UK sports, like search sports nutritionist role, you know they really don't come up uh, very frequently at all. So best thing to do is get the foot in the door, um, offer value, see how you can help, and then uh, once you get the opportunity, to, to do a good job, <laughs> and just learn, ask questions, and you know you're not gonna you're not gonna get it right uh, first time at all. You know, um, I remember going to Hulk KR, pretty much very naive. I just wanted to impress with like all my academic kind of skills. I know X, Y, Z, and they're like, "Who's this guy?" Like, I'm not going to listen to him. I, I don't know him. I didn't build and didn't try and build relationships. I just went in there with science, which is completely the wrong uh, approach uh, for sure. And as I say, like people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And it's you know, it is that's a massive thing. Like I, if I go in there walking up, like talking about protein synthesis and refractory periods and all this kind of stuff, they're like, mate, like, I don't, I don't know you. I, I don't care what you're saying. So that was a nice um, slap and realization in the face um, that 
you know, I need to build relationships for sure. And so ultimately that, that's a little bit of a spiel of like the, the elite sports kind of side and during that time as well, took um, my coaching fully online. Uh, there's no point doing, um, or should we say having an office to do, you know, online work is, is kind of futile. So um, yeah, took crystal nutrition fully online, de- continually developing the programs and making sure I can develop, uh, also deliver um, world-class results. And that is what ultimately um, I'm trying to do now. And um, yeah, so that hopefully that is, I appreciate I kind of rambled on and probably wasn't the most articulated way of uh, delivering this. Um, but hopefully just like it gives you a little bit of background of like my roots so far and how I got into elite sports, how I developed my business and, and all that kind of stuff. And a few kind of barriers and challenges I've kind of overcome uh, along that kind of journey as well. And, you know, kind of some, some key, key messages from this as well. And, you know, I think a lot of people, as I kind of mentioned and alluded to that they kind of struggle to start and get off the ground with like the coaching business and stuff like that, or, you know, they want to do X, Y, Z, this is the dream, but you know, they're scared to start because of like, again, fear of failure, um, something like that. But essentially you just have to, again, just, just do something, just get started, build momentum. Like everything's just a little bit of a stepping stone. Like if you think of, like um, I remember like Gary Vaynerchuk doing like a cool kind of a uh, video kind of montage thing of like an overnight success. Um, and I was kind of thinking of that similar to me, like obviously he is uh, widely and vastly more su- uh, successful than I am. Um, but if I think of like how long I've been in this game of wanting to improve myself, improve my knowledge and, you know, work with athletes and ultimately try and be an athlete. You know, I've been doing this since I was 14 years old. Like I'm 32 now, like this, idea of like overnight success is bullshit it's like now i'm perhaps starting to come um more um should we say i'm just more kind of uh discoverable shall i say uh, on social media and, and things like that but you know it's you know it, it's, it does take time for sure you can't rush it like if you get frustrated after three months because you're not seeing results like that's absolutely bullshit. Like me doing this for the last 18 years, you know, it's like, um, what was, I'm still working and I don't know the answers, all the answers at all. I know more answers than I did when I started, but there's so many things to develop, discover and improve on. Like, you know, you're never going to, you're never going to finish. And if you think that you need to have the, all the answers before you start, then you're never going to start. Cause I tell you now, like, again, I've been doing this for a long time, got, two degrees and then work with all these teams work with hundreds of athletes hundreds of elite athletes and i still don't have all the answers i'm still figuring stuff out every single day i rock up and start work with an athlete and again as mentioned when i go down to wasps i pick something up every single time whether it's something off the performance team whether it's something off the players they and you challenge a way they kind of frame something uh you know or just a way that i have to adapt my coaching style to overcome that challenge and and deliver value so it's um you know if you're if you're struggling to start like you know there's no perfect time you just have to start and i know that sounds cliche and probably like kind of bullshit and um you know but it really really is important just start small just do something and then over time you, you will just build momentum uh for, for sure and then just in terms of where i guess like the, the next steps are for me like i Still want to obviously work and develop myself in elite sport, become a world-class practitioner, still kind of going on that path. Like that is a huge, huge, huge goal of mine. 
Um, but in terms of exactly where I'm going, like I have absolutely no idea. Like I know that if I keep showing up, the opportunities will present themselves. And that's why I'm so, so keen of pushing the message of consistency because yes, you need to be consistent with like your training, your diet or your lifestyle, all that kind of stuff. But in terms of just like um, career progression, like I've been pretty consistent since I was 14 years old, you know, and ultimately like opportunities just present themselves, you know, just do work, show up for me as producing content, trying to build my authority uh, within like the social media kind of platform. So I'm more discovered and therefore have the ability to help more people. So as long as I keep showing up, like opportunities will just present themselves. Long-term mission is yes, of course, continue building my online coaching program, um, the athlete coaching program, um, get as many sort of uh, sub-elite and elite athletes onto that so I can help them um, the way I wanted to be helped when I was uh, kind of going through uh, the kind of the early kind of teeth and years of sports nutrition. Um, but yeah, the, in terms of like the long-term mission, I'm not entirely sure exactly what is going to look like, what the end goal looks like. But I know that what I'm doing now is going to get me there in some way, shape or form. Cause I know that if I live within my values um, and I do this on a daily basis and I'm consistent with it, then, you know, ultimately I'm going to get some results as a byproduct. So I like just to share my values. Like I think it's important to know your values and these are something that, you know, you're always going to work on. They're probably going to develop and change over time, but mine is health, education and contribution. Um, they're my three highest values. So if I'm doing something that's keeping me healthy every day, um, that is absolutely key. If I'm learning something every day and I'm educating people every single day, then that is actually class. And then as long as I'm contributing uh, in some way, shape or form, and usually it's contributing by educating people on health and fitness, i.e. nutrition, um, then you know, I, I think I'm going to go in the right direction for sure. So as long as I live within my values on a daily basis, um, you know, educate myself, educate others, me being healthy, educating people how to be healthy through contribution, then, you know, I'm going to go in the right direction and, you know, whatever the outcome is, the outcome will be. And, you know, I'm so unbelievably process driven. Like I know my daily core drivers want it to be doing. And I know the outcome, like I said, what will be the outcome. And um, yeah, so ho hopefully that was, you got some value from that uh, today. And I appreciate it. it's a lot of rambling in there. And I, again, I don't know necessarily know who this is kind of uh, aimed at, who's going to get value from it, whether just a kind of a reflective kind of piece for myself. But um, yeah, like I mentioned right at the start, when I go on like guest podcast, they'll ask me like, what's your background? What do you do? And like, you know, I just feel like I kind of rush through it quite quickly. And, um, you know, a lot of, well, <laughs> I say a lot, a few individuals have asked me about like, um, like my career progression and how, I've got to where I am today. And by all means, this hasn't been, you know, a clear cut journey or anything like that. It's not like the gold standard way of doing things. It probably could have been done far more efficiently in half the, half the time and uh, to, uh, you know, a uh, far better standard. But this is just one route to get into elite sport and where I am now. And hopefully there's some lessons and um, some learnings you've taken uh, throughout this as well. So um, guys, any questions, queries, anything you just want to just run by me or just soundboard, anything like that, just, um, yeah, best place to find me is um, in my DMs in Instagram, so Crystal Nutrition. And, um, yeah, um, I look forward to having a quick chat with you there. So uh, for now, goodbye.